Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got so confident. In this episode, I Skype with actor, comedian, and dancer Oscar Montoya. We chat about the difference between self-confidence and confidence, how the outcome is irrelevant when you know who you are, saying no to this prove-it mentality, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Oscar Montoya. There he is. Hi. Hi. Thanks for chatting with me. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for asking me to be a part of it. I feel so like flattered. Oh my God. <laughs> you, I was, um, one, you're obviously one of the first people I thought about when I thought about confidence, but then I was talking to Casey and he was like, I'm so excited to hear Oscar talk about confidence. He was like, I think I heard him do, and maybe you, I don't know if you did a different podcast and talked about this, but like your, you and stage fright and your relationship to stage fright or something. Yes. He I mean, it's interesting that we're going to talk because I have really big like issues with confidence and like my whole journey of confidence is like, it's wild, you know, it, it's yeah. anyway. But um, but he, I guess, uh, I don't know if you talked about it on like a different podcast or I don't, I don't know how he knew. I like that, mentioned but... it in the Dumbbells podcast. Mm, that was definitely it. Yeah. Uh, I talked about my stage fright as a dancer and that's why I did improv. Yes. So he was like, I can't wait to hear it. So, um, I am so excited to talk to you about <laughs> it. <sighs> well, first of all, how are you? I like to say, are you existing adequately in this current moment? <laughs> Instead that, of saying, how are you? Yes, yes, yes. That, I, do you mind if I steal that from you? Because Please. that is the right thing to ask. Uh, I'm existing adequately at the moment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Are you existing adequately at the moment? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on my second coffee. So that's pretty much what I live, what I live for I these days. I just finished my second coffee. Mm. Like two minutes before you called. You got to do it. I need it. I need it. Okay. Confidence. Yes. What does confidence mean to you? Like what? Some people were saying like confidence is like resilience. Confidence is grit or curiosity. Someone said confidence is like reveling in process without being attached to an outcome which I was like, oh, I love that. That is wonderful. But what is confidence to you? Wow. I, those are really great definitions. And for some reason, now the word confidence is less scary when you think about the process of confidence. Totally. Rather than just like a clear cut, like, like a concrete definition of the word. Wow. Okay. Because like my definition of confidence for the longest time was like the sense of self that sort of like infallible sense of self mm. to me is confidence Un the unshakable you yeah man that's heavy do you know what i mean yeah. like despite your surroundings despite the environments despite the triggers in your environment you are still you that to me is what confidence is about. And that, that's been sort of my journey in like discovering and finding my confidence. And then it's like, 
That's like that's a two step. Th- I mean, it's a multi step thing. But if you think about it, that's like a two step thing, right? Because first you have to know who you are before you can be unwavering in that. Right? Oof, and that's the yeah, that's the hardest part of the journey. Yeah. Because it's like, who are you? If you take in every outside factor in your life, everything, the outside stimulus, the noise, who are you? That's hard. That's, that's so hard. hard. How do you cultivate that? How do you find that? Because as human beings, you're constantly just affected by ex- like exterior forces right. that define who you are. But in a way, is that good? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if someone went through a traumatic experience, yes. And then does that, does that one moment of trauma define who they are? That would be so sad if it did, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the journey that you have to do is peel away those layers and be like, despite all that, who am I really? And that takes, I mean, that takes for, I mean, that truly does take forever. Yeah, forever it's a, that's and a, ever life, a lifelong thing. Um, yeah. I love that. That un, unshakably you. I, I, I really love that. How... There's so many other questions that I want to ask that go hand in hand with this. But before I get there, were you a confident kid? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, Absolutely. tell me about I you as a kid confident. then. Okay, so as a child. Okay, so I was, hmm, let me see. How can I talk about my uh, <laughs> my upbringing without being, okay, so, okay. Oh, yeah, and also, you, don't get, if you don't want to talk about something, you totally no, no, no. Don't yeah. have to talk about something. Um, so, like, essentially, I was born in Colombia. I was born in South America. And um, when I was two years old, my mom and my dad left to the States. And sort of, they, sort of, they left me in Colombia because, uh, according to them, I was, like, very sick and I was only going to hinder them. So I was left. And I was left, um, and my grandma took care of me. Uh, so a lot of me growing up, I had this, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have parents. And I was always reminded by my, by my cousins and stuff that my parents left me. So I always had that idea of like, oh, okay, like I'm not worth love. Uh, this sounds so sad. But, uh, I, well, okay, but hey, we're here. We're so, here, man. Um, I grew up being like, oh, like I can't being myself or like really being who I am. Like I don't, people are going to leave, you know? Mm. Um, and so how that sort of reflected on my personality was that I just like never spoke. I was so shy. I didn't say anything at all. I was incredibly polite. My whole personality became trying to please other people so they wouldn't leave. Like I, growing up in Colombia, I was always the most polite kid. And I, that was like the biggest compliment I could ever get being like, cause I was very much like, like annoyingly. So like, please, yes, thank you, ma'am. Yes, miss. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. super polite. Um, and I would, that's how I would get attention from adults. Mm. Like that would be my interaction with adults. Like I would al- always be very polite, but to my peers, I didn't really, I didn't have any friends that were my age. Because I just didn't, I was so scared of being myself. Hmm. 
And then when I came to this country with my, my parents, uh, after a while, brought me back to the States. And it was this weird, like, culture shock because I was living in America. I didn't speak the language. How old? And I was, I was 12 years old. Okay. So I was also meeting my parents for the very first time. And I also had siblings that I didn't know existed, you know? And I was living in New York City, you know, in Queens. And so, like, all these forces around me were so... I mean, it was, like, overwhelming. And, I, and not only did I become, like, super well, like, super well-behaved, but I was suddenly very shy... So everything that I had, all of, I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have confidence. I had no time, I had no time to develop any sort of confidence. Because you like, so that was like, have a sense of you, right? Cause you were, oh yeah. <clears throat> would you say like, if you were going to label like your goal in the, those first 12 years of your life and maybe a little bit further, would it be like to make the room comfortable or to like placate yes. to the room? Yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That was my that was my sort of and I still I still ca carry a lot of that with me of always trying to please everybody, trying to the mediator. You know, uh we, oh my gosh, like we talked about our annual Wait, what's your number again? I forgot. Your nine. nine. Okay. So good. the peacemaker. Yes. So that's like that's been my whole vibe my entire life is just like nobody fight. I will try my best to make everybody happy, mm -hmm. you know? But by doing that, I was my personality became wrapped up in other people's well-being. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like my happiness came from making other people happy. Yeah. Like I didn't know me like making me happy depended on if you were happy. Right. And that's fucked up. That's so hard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because like you have zero control over other people's feelings yep but when it's ingrained in you that like you must make people happy to survive like separating that out is as a kid is so i mean as an adult it's very hard but like oh, as yeah. a kid obviously it's insane and also when you when you talk about the definition of self-confidence which is like the unshakable you Girl, I was shook. Mm -hmm. Every second I was shook, mm -hmm. you know? Because it's like, I'll be, what, what I ended up becoming at an early age was a sort of like personality chameleon, you know? I was like, okay, what makes you happy is me acting this way, so I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to be for you. Right. And with these other people, uh, this is what's going to make you happy, so I'm going to be this person to you. So I didn't know who the hell I was until much until much, much, much later in life, you know? Yeah. Did that affect, like, dating and stuff? Because I, oh. when you say that, I relate to that, and I'm like, I, my father left me at a young age, and so I had, not obviously, our situations are different, but I, I experienced some of that, like, for me, it was more like that abandonment, like, how can I make you love me? I'll do whatever you ask me to do type of thing. Yeah. Um, and when it came to dating, I would truly take on the personality of whoever I was dating. And I, so that's why I ask you, did, do you have any experience in that? 
I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. And I, and a lot of that is like the fear of being left. Right? right. Especially when you like, when you're with someone and you really have feelings for them and then you're like, well, the only way that they'll be happy is if I, it's so similar. It's so interesting. Cause it is like, I'll develop the same personality traits as them which is so interesting because in a way, like, what is that actually saying? That is saying, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to act like you because inherently we are all narcissistic creatures and we all love ourselves. Right, right. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that and is it's what like, it's like. Well, then, if that is true, then they should be dating themselves, right, you know? Right, right. But that didn't stop me from trying to be oh. <laughs> a mirror. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I... I'm on the same boat as you. Like, I was, you know... I did everything in my power to be like, is this what you want me to be? Like, I'll be this person. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, even even so much so that, like, I don't know if you've experienced this at all, but, like, when past relationships don't work out or, like, if an ex, like, cheats on you or whatever, like, I was very cool with it. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I was just sort of like... Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll work it out because of that fear, right? That fear of just like, well, if you leave me, I will have no one. Right. Yeah. Oof. And that's that's sort of weird. I mean, and also when it comes to, I mean, again, you are not defined by the person that you're with. So that's another element to like never finding out who I was, because I granted I have not been in a lot of relationships, but the relationships that I've been in were so long they were like relations I mean I've been in a seven-year relationship and a five-year relationship and a two-year relationship so I was pretty much since college for lack of a better word wifed up you know what I mean I was just in a relationship the entire time and again a lot of that was if I'm single then I get to find out who I am but that scares me yeah. so I'm not gonna do that do you relate to that yeah totally I I was in long-term relationships as well not like as long as yours but like I wasn't I've I've never been single for like an extremely long amount of time like maybe I think the longest is probably like a year or something similar um and how were those like single, the time where you were like, was that scary for you or were you just like, oh yeah, this is fine? Um, no, it was definitely scary. I mean, I, I developed like so many unhealthy ways of dealing with being single. Um, mm-hmm. especially in like my early twenties where nobody knows what the fuck is they're doing really. But like, I especially (laughs) didn't. Yeah. And like, I was at a college I didn't want to be at. I was in a major. I didn't want to be majoring in. I was, and this is obviously no, absolutely no offense to anybody that's in the Greek community or whatever, but I am not, that's not my world. I was in a sorority. I ended up dropping out because I was like, I don't, like that I don't like anything about the school this the, anything that I'm doing right now I was single I had like you know eating disorders and alcoholism mm. and just like yeah I mean being single is really hard it wasn't until I was single right before dating Casey for that like year um that I finally started to like 
find out like who I was and like what I wanted but that wasn't until like what my like mid to late 20s so it's like it takes a long time oh yeah yeah for sure and like I I'll also agree with that like I my last relationship after that ended I really had to force myself to be like okay you're you're gonna have to be single for a minute Mm -hmm. for you had you just have to be Mm -hmm. and um that's when I started like learning about myself and loving myself but Rebecca that was like when I was in my late, oh my God, I want to say like when I was in my early thirties, right. like, like that's not, I, I've spent a huge chunk of my life not knowing who the fuck I was I and surviving because I made people happy right. and that was good enough for me. Right. That's wild. That's so wild. That's so wild. So what happened that made you start wanting to figure out who you are? Did like an event happen or just time passing? Um, okay. So, <laughs> so this is going to sound really wild. Okay. So okay, I'm ready. I'm prepared. This happened. I want to say three years ago. Oh, this is very recent. <laughs> so very recent. I, I, okay. So like, here's the thing. Here's the thing about me. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, it's very funny that you asked me to be on this podcast because like I just discovered uh, like the ounce of confidence that I have, but I've spent most of my life hating myself, Mm. most of my life Mm. until very recently. Um, And it was because that was, that was my way of protecting myself because if I hated myself, no one could. Trust me, like, no one can hate me more than myself. Right. Like, try. Try to talk shit about me. Try. I dare you to say anything bad about me. I've said worse things to myself. Right. You know? So then I couldn't, I couldn't be hurt. That way I couldn't be hurt for me. And that was my survival mechanism. A couple of years ago, and my big thing was that I hated myself and I would openly talk about how ugly and fat and disgusting I was. <laughs> I just like very matter of fact, you know, and like, of course, that's not fair for my friends to hear that and be like, the, why, why are you talking like that? Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like my truth. That was like yeah. 100% my truth. And uh, people were like very annoyed. And then I started feeling weird because, again, that whole people pleasing thing was right. like, oh, I'm not making them happy talking shit about myself. So I have to stop for them. Not for me, for them. Right. A couple of years ago, I decided to I was so tired of that back and forth of like making pretend I had self-confidence when in fact I just had self-loathing that I was like, I'm going to indulge for a full year on just hating myself. I'm going to give myself that permission. When I feel ugly, I'm just going to say I'm ugly and not apologize. What if I feel fat, I'm going to just write a post about how gross I am and not apologize for it. And I would have, I would write the hashtag, hi, I'm trash, because that's how I felt. And that's who I was inherently. And I did that for a full year. And I did it. And and then it sort of developed like a little joke. And then people were calling me like, hi, I'm trash or like him trash, because that's what it, that's what it read on the hashtag. Mm. Uh, And that sort of became my thing. And then it became a joke. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And then after that year, something crazy happened. 
which is I was able to look outside of myself and be like, I don't really think I mean this anymore. I've said it so much to myself. And at first I believed it. But after a while, I was like, do you believe this or is this out of habit? And I was like, huh, has my life or the way that I looked at myself just been an easy habit that I got myself into? Because it was easy because I didn't have to think I didn't have to do the work on myself. And then after that year, I was like, yo, like, I don't think I'm like ugly or trashy anymore. Like, I really want to be better. Like, I really do want to work on. And then I started doing the work on myself. And uh, but I still kept the hashtag instead of hi, I'm trash. I said, hi, you're trash as a way to be like, I am. I'm not trash. You, you are trash. Everyone else is trash. And now this year I'm embracing the high work because collectively we're all trash. We're all in this together. We all feel gross at times. We all feel beautiful at times. And we're all trash, all of us. So, yeah, I, it, it came about in such a stupid way, but it has changed my life and changed the way that I see myself. So one that is just so incredibly insightful, period. Um, two, how did you think to do that, though? Like, one day you just decided, like, I'm going to just say all the shit that I'm is in my head? <laughs> like, did you just wake up and decide to do that? Well, I usually, we were talking about this before we recorded, but, like, I usually do, like, little projects for myself. And it's always social projects. Like, I always do it with friends and stuff. Like, talking about doing, doing the 30 days of Halloween, 31 yes. days of Halloween stuff. Uh, I, I, I always, I'm, right now I'm doing for uh, Latinx Heritage Month, I'm doing where I talk about flags, Latin American flags, so I can learn about Latin American countries through flags. So, like, it's just, I do, like, little dumb projects like that. So to me, I took that as a, as a project. Like mm -hmm. I, and it's always New Year's because New Year's is usually when people like look within right. and reso blah, blah, blah. I was never big on resolutions. Everything was like shorter than a year. I'm like, I'm going to do a month of this. Uh, I'm going to do like a week of this, you know? So but for this one, I was like annoyed with how people were sort of responding to my self-loathing where I was like, I'm going to... I'm going to full on commit to this. Mm, okay. And if I stop doing it, then I stop. I'm an Aries. So like I never finish things ever. So like I was like, I'm probably going to stop doing this in March, you know, but it happened for the full year. I was like, I give myself. And all, honestly, like I wanted to, I right. really, really wanted to hate myself. Yeah. I really did. It came easy to me and I sort of loved putting myself down. And it got to a point where it was like so incessant that the power like diminished every time mm. I said it to myself. Where you hear something enough that you stop, that you start questioning it. Right. You're like, wait a second, am I really trash? Like, let's really think about that. Like, do I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I really hate myself right now? Am I worthy of that? Like, and sometimes the answer is yes, but not every single day. Right. There were days where I'm like, no, I, I am feeling myself. I should feel proud about this thing that I did. Uh, I am great. Like, I, there's moments where I'm like, yeah, I feel great. Like, I can't call myself trash all the time when I feel great about certain things, you know? And so that, just that little chink in the armor mm. made me realize, like, oh, there's hope. Mm. Oh, there's hope there. 
And that was like my gateway to like prying open myself and well, myself. How did that like play into your work life and your career? Because prior to these three years, these recent three years that you did this project with yourself, you still had the feelings of not liking yourself or hating yourself, mm-hmm. but you still had success in your career and in your art. So I guess I'm wondering like how those two existed in the same. Place. Yeah. So the, it's, it, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I, something that I'm recently realizing about myself is, cause I did think about that. I'm like, wait a second. Like, cause you know, I perform all the yeah. time. Like this is like, I had terrible, well, uh, the thing, the thing about stage fright, which I've been struggling my whole life with, is that the only way I could get over my stage fright is to push myself in a way that is completely artificial. So, like, for me, when I improvise um, or when I do sketch or characters, like, I have to really, like, there shouldn't be a sense of, like, me at all. And there are certain triggers that will get me back to that vulnerable state that make me paralyzed with fear fear on stage. And it's happened many times. Like, for example, like, if I'm ever in a scene and someone calls me by my real name, I panic Mm -hmm. because that's bringing myself to the scene because in my mind, I'm not me. I'm like, I want to, I want to be anything but me. Like, Mm. please let me not be me for once in my life, you know? And so when someone's like, Oh, Oscar, I immediately go back to like, oh my God, this is all artifice. Like clearly the audience is looking at me as me and I feel really vulnerable. And then I just freeze up, Mm. you know? Another thing is like someone commenting something about like my clothes that I wear. Like they're like, oh, look at that shirt that you're wearing. I'm like, oh no, yes, you're right. I'm not, how can I play a woman when I'm not wearing like women's clothing? Like Mm. what the hell? I'm wearing a dumb t-shirt. And it's me. Uh, So, like, all that stuff. That being said, like, the way that I've been very successful in the business is, again, ties back to that sense of people-pleasing. When you're auditioning, when you're doing a role, like, none of that is about me doing the choices that I want. It's always about the choices that other people want me to do. Mm. So, So for those auditions, I'm like, okay, well, what do you want? This got you. Oh, what do you want? This, this, yeah, sure, got you. Mm. And I've been so scared from actually creating my own stuff because that's when the self confidence strikes. Is when you create a work of art that is inherently you. I mean, when you don't, when you want to talk about that unshakable you, that that's where your art is. That's where your art lies. Your art stays in the medium through time infinite, right? Like that video that you made that you put your blood, sweat, and tears. I have yet to do that, obviously. But that's when you are truly self-confident, right? Mm. You write your own stuff. You put you put yourself out there in a vulnerable way. And it stays there. That's magic. And I've been so scared to do that for the longest time. Because wow. that requires self-confidence. Yeah. So it's almost like vulnerability it's vulnerability it's yeah it's when you're yeah i mean it sounds like when you're afraid to be vulnerable 
then you're not confident anymore. I, I, there's like a, I'm trying to think of like what it is, but it's the key is vulnerability. It sounds like. I, I think you're totally right. And I actually never thought about that before until this moment. And it's one step further than vulnerability. It is that vulnerability. So let's say, so for example, let's say that underneath this skin, I'm like a weird monster. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then suddenly I'm like, Hey, Rebecca, like, I have to tell you a secret. I'm a monster and I'm going to show you who I am. I unzip this skin and I show you who I am. And I know that you're going to be freaked out and I know you're going to be scared and you react a certain way. Self-confidence is not putting that skin suit back on. Ooh. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. 1000% yes. So it's like, God, I keep coming back to non-attachment. It is, you're not attached to the outcome that the other person, how they act, that whatever outcome, you're not attached to it. So you can unzip and what, ooh, shit. And whatever is going on, like with that (laughs) other person. Yeah, that doesn't concern you. Yeah, it will. That doesn't concern you. When you put a work of art out there, the purpose of putting that work of art should never be the outcome. Ever. Right, right. Because then that's not that's not self-confident. That you in a way you're not being a true artist. Yes. It's putting it out there and being like again back to what you were saying, here's my here's my vulnerable self. Are people going to like it? Who knows? Are people going to hate it? Who knows? That should never that should never come into play. Right. It should just exist. It should just be. Yeah, man. So it's vulnerability tied with non-attachment. Yeah, I think so. Because you can't. Because you can't be. I mean, that's totally true. Like, because there's there's something about like supposed self-confidence, right? Like the artificial self-confidence. Yeah. Like people, I I've hear I've heard this all the time. Like people will come up to me and be like, "You're the one of the most confident performers I've ever seen." And it's like, babe, all of that is lies. It's all lies. All of it is lies. That's not real self-confidence. That's fake. That's that's act honestly, that's acting. That's putting on a facade, you know? None of that is real. But if I'm on stage and being like, hey, so like I really want to express myself in a very real way. The performers that can do that, that's self-confidence. Yeah. But then how do you fake it? Let's say you faked self. Let's say you were faking self-confidence on stage. Mm-hmm. Do you not exhibit physical signs of anxiety in those moments? Wow. Uh, okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's super interesting because, and it ties back. Wow. Okay. Wow. You like made, wow. Rebecca, what did you just do to me? Okay. So yes, there are the only moments where I feel anxiety is those moments of when I want to put my skin back on. Uh-huh. Is those, is the moments of the self-awareness. So when, when I become aware of the facade that I'm doing, that's when anxiety hits me. Mm-hmm. And that's where this castle that I've like, meticulously worked like at just crumbles down but if I don't but if it just is the anxiety never happens ever if I'm not aware that I'm putting on an act 
I can't be anxious. Right. And I've trained myself to sort of push past the nerves where I have, I have to cannonball out of there or else I die. Like if there is even an ounce of anxiety or even second guessing, it's over for me, over for me, I'm done. But if I really have to, I have to like really run and fly out there for me to succeed or else I fail. Well, I mean, but it's those moments of self-awareness that I'm like, oh, God, what am I doing? I'm not worthy of blah, et cetera, et cetera. And that's when everything just. The first thing I think about is like, OK, well, then where's the where's the line of you putting on the skin? Right. Like, is it and I'm only thinking on a live show right now because that's just mm -hmm. what my brain can comprehend at the moment. When do you put that skin on? Is it in the green room? Is it before you walk in the building? Is it like. It's in the green room. It's in the green room. Uh, yeah, it's definitely in the green room. Like, I am a... Anyone who's in the... Like, I'm a nervous wreck every single time in the green room before I perform. Because that's the moment when, like, all the doubts and all the monsters suddenly attack. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to sort of, like, train myself to be like... Okay, so it's like a, like when people do warm ups. Yeah. I, I've I've been on Harold Knight for uh, what five five years. Warm ups don't work for me because it doesn't. I don't have enough time to sort of like put my armor on. It's distracting. So when I'm on stage, I'm like, "Fuck, I don't have my armor on." Shit, and then I don't, and then you never see me in the Harold. Like I'm not there, and mm -hmm. there are times where I just like do not activate at all. And it's those moments where I'm like, I don't feel ready to make pretend right now. Mm -hmm. um, but when I'm in the green room, like I go through a process of just like, okay, like push, you have to push, like you have to put on this armor, you have to put on the skin, you have to like literally perform with a capital P. Like I wish I was one of those people that could just be, and there's some great, awesome, people who just are on stage you know mm -hmm. um and like I'm not one of those people I'm not I'm not one of those people I can never be one of those people I have to like really push I'm like extra on stage and when I'm not I fail well what do you do to to get to put the armor on what are you what are you doing as you're sitting in the green room because I have to like, remind mm -hmm. well like I think the and, like, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, like, for, for some people, it feels like the first step to confidence can be faking it. You can fake it to get how it feels in your body, right? And then you might not need to fake it anymore. Yeah. So I guess my question is for, the, for whoever's listening who need – and they need to fake it and they need to put armor on – to do whatever they're doing in life, how do you put your armor on? For me, it's a it's a reminder of what I can do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a self. Honestly, it's a it's sort of just like um, like doing a roll call of the skills that I have and knowing that these are my weapons that I have and I can hide behind those. You know, it's like okay, first of all. Do I know how to play game? <laughs> this is so limited to UCB. But, I know. Um, I know. It's fine. You know, it's like, do I know how to play game? Yes. Am I good at justifying? Yes. Um, am I physical? Yes. I have, I've had 
years and years of dance experience. Yes, 100%. So like, can I perform? Yes, I've been on stage for a, for a very long time. Yes, I have that experience. Great. I don't have to be myself when I have all of those sort of tools to hide behind. You know what I mean? And I think it is like remembering who you are and what you can contribute to the table so you can like wear that armor wherever you go to sort of fake the funk. But the, the thing that I'm going to say to that too is like, I think that there's a time limit to that sort of like faking self-confidence. Yeah, totally. Because you can spend your entire life pretending and never really being. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you right now from personal experience, like that is exhausting. Because when you pretend to be something that you're not, everyone else will expect you to behave and be that person. Mm. When all you want is to just be yourself. Totally. Because you've, you know what you've, I mean? you've basically taught them how to treat you and how to interact with you. Exactly. And it's not their fault. It's not, right. it's not their fault. It is you tell, like what you were saying, like it's you telling them like, hey, this is who I am. Like this is, this is your perceived confidence in me and like treat me thusly, you know? Right. But like when you're faking the funk, obviously you are faking yourself and that's not who you are. So along the way, you're making friends that don't know you, don't know who you are, what you stand for, you know? And I'm very lucky in my life now to have a very close group of, like, to have friends that, like, get me and understand me and know that I'm not, like, on 100% of the time and, like, they know that I'm an introvert and all I want to do is stay home and watch movies. Like, I'm not a party person. Like, I'm not fun or funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be that. That's not who I am, right. you know? Right. I'm an old man. My true self is an old man that just wants to be in front of a TV all day long. Like, that's who I am. I love that about you. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't matter what I think. It only matters what you think. Uh, but I will say, when I'm hearing you talk about, like, remembering your skill set, I, I, from an outsider, it just sounds like you're remembering how great you are. Like, mm. to me, it doesn't sound like you're armoring up. To me, it sounds like you're just reminding yourself of how great you are. Yes. Yes. But isn't, it, isn't that interesting, though? Because it's like, well, then I guess it's a perspective thing, isn't it? It's, it's oh. you, how, what you're telling yourself yeah. and what I'm hearing. We're, we're, we're talking about the same thing, right? But my perception of it is that you're reminding yourself of how great you are. Your perception of it or your perception of how it was is that you're armoring up. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, we're hearing the same thing, but our perspectives are different. Our perception, our perspectives are different. So it's like, that's a huge part of it too, isn't it? It's like your perception of the thoughts on your head. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's interesting. Cause in my, in my perception, those like the armor that I put on is the things that I can do, but not one of those pieces of armor is who I actually am. Mm. Like in that, in that run through, I never like, and I'm a good listener. Like I'm, I never think that way oh. or like, Oh, and I'm a, and I'm an empathetic human being. Like that's not, that's not part of the equation. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're so like for me, that's ticking the boxes. Right, 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 right. Right. 
And it's like, and it's like for me, it's like, oh yeah, that the experience, the like uh, dance experience, the game experience, the yes anding experience. Like anybody can do that if they took all the levels and like went to school for it. Yada yada yada. That's not really what makes me special, right? But I think the addendum that I would change about the way that I am now versus how I was three years ago or two years ago is that I will incorporate those things. And it's okay for me to say those things because that's another big part of my self-confidence journey is that I would always be afraid to give myself a compliment or to acknowledge the good in me. Mm. And it's because, and it goes right back to that people-pleasing, peacemaker identity, which is the fact that I don't exist. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those, tr- like I, I, like I've spent 30 years of my life not existing, existing only when other people wanted me. I was like a freaking genie straight up. Mm. Like if somebody was sad, they'd rump, rub on a lamp and I'm there and I make them happy. And then I go back into the lamp and I cease to exist until that person needs me again. That was my whole vibe. And I was very comfortable and I would say incredibly happy serving other people. But living 30 years of my life without ever checking myself or being like, I exist or I deserve to exist too was detrimental to my, you know, to my well being, my sense of self, my self confidence, you know, where I can still be a peacemaker, you know. Type nine, I'm not going to lie. I still am that. But along that, I can be like, okay, well, I am also, I'm good at these things because I have the skills to be a peacemaker. I have good listening skills. I am an a incredibly sensitive empath, you know? I am sensitive. Like, it's because of me, you know? Yeah. And that's where the self-confidence comes. Right. And it's okay to be that. It's okay to gas yourself up, like straight up. But I think... I don't know if you feel this way, but it, it's it's my worst nightmare to be one of those like self-delusional people hmm. who are just like, I'm the shit, I'm the best, yada, yada. And then you're like, um, are you... I mean, Rebecca, we know these people, yes, right? Yes, yes, we do. So like, that's my, that's my biggest nightmare. My biggest nightmare is that. And it's like, you get to a point where you're just like, ah, I will never be that person. Right. And that's okay. Like... I will. I know that I will never be that person, and it's okay to give yourself some love. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're you're like worried about being cocky, right? You're like yes. Not you. We the collective you. Like we're worried about being cocky, so we we're like we can't pat ourselves on the back, right? We can't. Or like delusion. Yeah, that like sense of delusion. Like you were just saying, it is a, a per, like perception is huge. Yeah. When it comes to identity, right? right. It's like self-confidence. I mean, I mean, this is an interesting question. I mean, your whole podcast is like, how are you so confident? And you, and you talk about self-confidence. So that's perception already coming into play. The outward com- confidence and self-confidence are two different things. Ooh, break wildly down. different. Break right? it down. So like confidence is like the way that you present to other people. Right. But self-confidence, you can be a confident mm. person and not have an ounce of self-confidence. I am one of those people. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I am perceived to be confident and I'm work, I'm building towards self-confidence. Yes. 
You can be self-confident and yet present to not be confident. Yeah, that's a good point. We've I've never talked about that on this podcast. You're totally right. Because there's so many people who, like, again, have an unshakable them that other people would just walk by and not and be like, well, this person isn't even a presence in my life. Mm. But their sense of self is so strong that it's unshakable. So it's like, again, the, the two different things. And, and it goes back to that, like, delusional thing, right? It's like the sense of, like, that's where, like, the self-confidence and the confidence are, like, polar opposites. Like, their unshakable self is this way, and their perceived self is the complete opposite. Someone who walks in and being like, I'm the hottest person in my life. Meanwhile, like, you look at them, and your perceived notion of them is like, you serious, bro? Like, <laughs> you guys, no, no, you are not the hottest person in the room. Check yourself, right? But it's like, but that's their truth, you know? Like, for me, that's scary when, like, those are so complete opposite from each other. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which just goes to show that, like, God, we're getting so, like, heady here, but I love it. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, that confidence, it's a definition, right? It's not, like, mm-hmm. because what me being confident, what you being confident, what whoever on the streets – it's going to look different, right? It's all true self-confidence. True self-confidence is going to look different. I'm just kind of recapping what you said because you said it such a wonderful way. It's all going to look different, but it could be perceived. One of them, even, even if I'm the most self-confident person, I could be perceived as not confident because, because me being my authentic self – might not be traditionally what we label as confident, right? Yeah, okay. Exactly. Right. And the opposite is true, too. Right. Someone who walks by and, and again, in our minds, is like, oh, my gosh, you're like, the, your posture is excellent. You're like, the way that you speak is loud and assertive, you know? And yet, they could be the most insecure person you've ever met. Like, that's true, too. I'm going to tell you this. This is a perfect example of the confidence, self-confidence um, dynamic. To me, the sexiest thing in the whole wide world. This is like, this is like the sexiest trait in a human being. This is like the thing that I look for in a partner is someone who is the worst dancer ever that will dance nonstop at a party. There is nothing sexier to me than the most awkward dancer just living their life on the dance floor. Nothing. Not a single thing that is sexier to me. Is it because... Do Okay, do they think in their heads, do they think they're good, or do they just not give a shit if they're good or bad? They don't give, they don't give a shit, okay, right? Yeah. Again, so it is that, like that you were talking about the vulnerability versus like the repercussion is unimportant. Yeah. That self-confidence yeah. is like, to me, dancing is, I don't put, I don't, I don't care about the outcome of that. Like people can look at me like I'm legit insane or they can like gas me up. Like that's irrelevant to me. Like I like to dance and I'm going to dance what I think as well. Hmm. Meanwhile, the, a forced perspective will look at that person and be like, they're literally 
just flailing around. Weird. But to me, I'm like, oh my God, that to me, that is someone who is like absolutely self-confident. Yeah. They don't care about the outcome. They don't care how they look. They don't care if they have someone to dance with at the end of the night, if they go home with anybody, they don't care. Mm. It's irrelevant. So That's it's the like, sexiest thing. So it's me. like valuing process over result, no? Valuing yeah. process over yeah, it's like valuing process over result. It's being more process oriented than result oriented. Maybe yeah. some version like, of let, that. Let me ask you this: like, yeah. what is the goal of being self confident? Mm. What's the end game? What if you've reached it? You like spent all your life working on self confidence, and yeah. then you feel like you've got it. What next? What happens? What's the point? If I have self confidence, I mean then it's then i can truly be myself and find joy in that right in my head if you're going to ask me that i would say because when i'm self confident i can truly be me without the worry that comes from wondering what other people think of that right mhm which brings us back to the unfallible sense of self. Yep. And then true self-confidence, like your definition of that is like, again, the part of like dancing awkwardly or badly is that like other people don't stop, like other people stop mattering. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And in a way, not to sound new agey at all, but in a way you've reached this enlightened sense of existence, mm -hmm. where you don't rely on your surroundings, on people, on environments, on you know drugs or any sort of like other outside stimulus to make you happy. Right. So it's not relying on the external. It is that internal locus of control, that internal validation that doesn't come through accolades and achievements and this or that exactly yeah you could you could be jobless right homeless not have a penny to your name and still find self-confidence right right wow yeah that's huge that yeah and i mean like that's that's that is a journey that is so i'll be i'll be honest with you i'm not there yet no. like i'm not there yet in the back of my mind, I'm still like, Ooh, but what does so-and-so think? You know, I'm not there yet. Yeah. But once I get there, like, that's, I think that's, like, the purpose of life, honestly. Like, that's, and some people will get there faster than other people, but, like, that's the point of life, I think. Wait, say it in a sense, say it in the point of life, the point of life is what? The point of life is you discovering who you are without the the universe telling you what you are yes yeah man that's that's major it's major it's a, such a journey a lifelong journey right because sometimes like our values shift our oh my god totally like i mean when we talk about values it's like well then how do i separate myself from like my religion my passions my family the law 
you know? Yeah. Because, like, that reflects who you are, too. Like, if, if I'm a Christian, like, a lot of my self-worth, self-confidence is tied to Christianity. Right. If I am a law-abiding citizen, a lot of my self-worth is tied to the law, you know? Right. But that's like, still tied to, like, external things, isn't it? It's exactly. Still, it's not, exactly. like, yeah. Wow. And you can still be a Christian or a law-abiding citizen or a God-fearing person or, you know, or a Pisces or an Aries and still discover who you are outside of that, of those influences. Right. Yeah. Well, how... But I think... Yeah, sorry. No, you go. 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 But I think a lot of a lot of our society right now, or has always been, us distracting us to, for that journey. Like, a lot of it is like, no, 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 you can't be yourself without this new product. <laughs> or you can't be yourself without, like, going to church on Sunday and, like, praying up. Like, what? No. Right. You can't be yourself if you don't, like take this you know screenwriting class with so and so what you call yourself a writer no but have you taken this person's class no no then you're not a writer or like projects too especially in covid it's like oh you're an artist (laughs) okay what did you make exactly what have you been making oh have you collaborated with so and so right Mm, are you an artist though but it's like, but again, that's a, that's perceived uh, confidence, right? Versus like, if you know you're an artist and that's who you are, it doesn't matter if you like never made a single work of art. If you're constantly creating in your head even, and if that's your definition of an artist, that's your definition of, a, of an artist. Yeah. But it's so hard in this society to, to have that because it's a constant, constant distraction. Like, oh, people are always trying to pull you away from discovering who you are. Yeah, it's almost like when you were saying that, it reminded me of someone being like, okay, we'll prove it. Prove it. But isn't that what people always say? Yeah, it is. Always. Always. It's prove it. It's like, okay, so like, if I were to ask you, hey, Rebecca, like, describe yourself in three words. Mm-hmm. What would you say? That, I fucking, I would say, fuck you, period. <laughs> Yes, and the reason why is why is that? Because we can't. I'm not going to put myself into a box of three adjectives. I'm more than that. Yes, and also because that question, there comes criticism with that. Right. You're always you're. I'm constantly on the defensive when people are like, "Okay, describe yourself. Talk about yourself. What's your vibe?" And I'm like, "Well, why? Well, number one, why? Number two, if I tell you, are you going to believe me?" And I, you know, nine times out of ten, the answer is fuck no. Because you're right. People will be like, oh, so you're, you're, an, you're, you're an artist? Okay, so prove it. Right. Oh, you're, 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 a, you're a, a son? Prove it. Right. Oh, you're an American? Uh, how? It's like we can't just accept people for who they are. It's so bizarre. Ugh. It's so bizarre, but that's where that, like, external versus internal uh, confidence or whatever word you want to use to describe that. But like, that's where that has to come into play. That like yes. strong sense of like internal wisdom, enlightenment, whatever word, confidence, whatever you want to call it. Because mm-hmm. then when someone says prove it, you can be like, no. Yeah. 
And isn't that so, oh my God, to say no to someone saying prove it is such, I mean, like you've like, you've grew six feet. You're yeah. like, oh my God, you're a freaking superhero. Yeah. Meanwhile, if someone's like, prove it, you're like, oh, oh fuck. Um, okay, hold on. Let me find the receipts somewhere. It's like, well, then suddenly you've shrunk, you know? It's like, we always like to say, to say fuck you and to say no. It's like, oh, that's so powerful. It's that so, is powerful. so powerful. And it just goes hand in hand with like, I keep thinking about social media because everybody's talking about that documentary that I haven't watched yet. Have you watched it? I haven't watched it either. I should. I know. You should watch it too. But like social media is a prove it app. That is what it is. It's a prove it. Oh, That's all it is. Oh, I mean, you're a model? Prove it. Oh, you're an artist? Prove it. Oh, you're a, a activist? Prove it. Oh, you care about this cause? Prove it. Yeah. L- do you exist? Prove it. Prove it, it. That's all it is. Literally, literally, are you a human being? It's a constant thing. And then that, I mean, social media has fucked us up because that's all it is. It's the, again, the dichotomy of self-confidence versus confidence. Social media is all confidence. All of it. Yes. A hundred percent confident. Like, it's like, oh, so-and-so, like, oh my God, they must be happy. They must be this, that, and the other because they perceive to be confident. Meanwhile, that person is crying alone in their bedroom, setting up a freaking ring light. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, it's all, it's all confident. None of that is self-confidence. Confidence Confidence versus self-confidence. Yes. Mm -hmm. But then I go, okay, so this is where I'm at right now. Then I go. But what about all the things that I would not have known about had it not been for social media? Like, what about all the causes and all the organizations or whatever that I would have no idea about, right? Yep. If it wasn't for social media. And then it's like, well, how do I justify that? Like, Well, it's a tool. It's a, uh, social media can be used for good and bad, right? It's a tool. But even, That's what needs even to be remembered. If- a hundred percent. But again, it, again, it goes back to like me in the green room, right? It's like the tools that I need. It's like to make me who I am. Like I am a good this and the other. It's like, okay, well I'm an activist because I, I contributed money to this organization and that organization. And it's like, yeah, these are all tools, but are you discovering, are you discovering who you are though? Like, are these tools helping you develop who you are? If the answer is, I'm going to donate this amount of money to this organization and I'm going to post it on Instagram so the world can see that I've donated this amount of money to this organization and then stop caring about all black lives. There we go. It's like, that's not, that's not, oh, that's like, that's destructive behavior. I think Mm -hmm. that's absolutely destructive behavior. Mm -hmm. And then you have, I mean, now is such a dangerous time too, because now you have that accountability for other people being like, well, your confident self I see didn't post this, didn't do that, didn't do the right amount of like, you weren't at the, I didn't see you at the post anything about the protests. Um, where were you? But some people don't want to post that online. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Just because they didn't post it online doesn't not mean that they were there. And some people post it online to have this clout, again, that perceived self, to be like, I want people to think I... I'm an activist, so I'm going to post this and then do the bare minimum. Mm. And that's where social media becomes incredibly dangerous because you're catering. You're sort of like um, fabricating a person that you might not be 
Right. It's like social media can be a tool, like you said. It can be fun. It can be a tool as long as you're also doing the internal work, right? As long as you're yes. – it, it has to be in conjunction, right? Because if not, then then it can be a dangerous thing, like you said. And I myself I have gone back and forth. Should I post this thing? If I don't post, does that mean I'm not an ally? If I don't post, does that mean I'm not bringing awareness to the conversation? Does that – you know? And I've also had the thought of like, oh, well, this person didn't post anything. I guess they don't like – they don't want to contribute to this co- – or oh, whatever. I've, I've had all of those thoughts, and I still don't and, know where I – And I've – Where I I've had those thoughts it. too. I mean, I've, I've been so – like, as someone who is queer, biracial, you know what I mean? Like, I, I have those issues too of like, how do I become a better ally? Like, is – like, are other people going to perceive me as, like, not – political enough if I post those things and the truth of the matter is like I've caught myself being like wait a second why am I having these thoughts is it because I want people to think that I'm politically active and that's what I care about and that's like that's dangerous thinking that's like toxic thinking you know Mm -hmm. and it's like well I know what I have done for the cause and I know what I have done to be an ally and that's all, the outcome is irrelevant. Yes. Whether people think that I'm not or people think that I am is completely irrelevant because I know that I am. And that is like the difference, right? The fact that that you or I are even thinking about it, thinking about the the internal work or or participating in the internal work or just having the thought process about it already mm-hmm. makes me be like it's gonna be okay this is yes it's gonna be okay you know whether we decide to post or not post and this is obviously a very specific thing but I think it, it could be said for many different areas of, of life where it's like oh yeah you know whether we post it or not post it we know our intention I don't know do you know what I mean, kind of? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Oh, 100%. I mean, like, now is such a... It's such an interesting time in the world in terms of analyzing self. Mm. Especially when the world around us is so chaotic. Because mm. everything that we've tied into our self-identity has been dismantled. Right. Even, I mean, like, even if it's very basic sense of, like, me as a performer... I don't have a place to perform anymore. Yeah. So am I a performer? The what? <laughs> Me, as someone who identifies as a teacher, because I taught, who doesn't have that school anymore, am I still a teacher? Can I call myself a teacher? Will people call me on my bluff if I, you know, and I say right. that I'm a teacher? Like, even at, at its very, like, micro level, like, there's questions about who we are because the world is literally changing. Yeah. Am I an American, even though I'm questioning a lot of what's going on in this country? What kind of an of a American am I? All these valid questions that need to be asked, but people are like sort of scared. So they're just like, I'm this wholeheartedly because uh, that's what's easiest to me. And my friends are this. So blah, 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 mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I think like. The thing that we're doing, though, is we're asking questions. And as soon as we ask questions, we know that there's that sense of, like, intent there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I... Because some people don't. Right. 
some people don't ask questions. That's I hope it's not most. I was about to say most people don't. I hope it's not that. Yeah. But um, yeah, and I mean like I during this time of quarantine and like uh, us being forced to look inward, right? Or us maybe not being forced, but having the time to reflect. Yeah. I've I've had the conversation of like I'm a pansexual woman bisexual or pansexual i don't know what i what i what i want to classify myself as right which is one thing and then Mm -hmm. within that is like well am i not queer enough i'm marrying a man Uh, yeah so then am i a part of this community or not and i i know that some people are like yes and i know that some people are like no and so then it's like, well, where do I want to sit within this community, right? Right. And I'm still trying to figure that out. I kind of changed the subject, but like, I was, I was just thinking about when you're like, am I American or am I not? Am I, I-, I, I don't think you're changing the subject at all. I think that is incredibly valid, especially the queer community, because I think, uh, to me, the word queer is all-inclusive. Right. So to me, the fact that you identify as pansexual You're queer. Welcome to the family. Like, I do think that, like, regardless of who you're dating at the moment, like, that is, again, that is who you are. Right. right? That's who you identify as, and that's how you see yourself, right? You are in a heterosexual relationship at the moment, and that's fine. That's still, it's still a queer relationship. Right. You know? So I think that's very fair. And I say that because most of my experience with men are men who are pansexual mm. or bisexual mm-hmm. and they go they go through that painful um process of self-identification because a lot of people are always like bisexuals aren't a real thing right. blah 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 etc cetera, etc cetera. choose a side and it's like well you're not but again there's that like perceived there's that perceived thing of like oh so and so is in a heterosexual relationship they must be heterosexual and right. it's like babe that's not the truth right that's not the truth Right. Right. And it's like, well, you know what you are. I, I think all, you know, my in my personal opinion, I think every single relationship is queer because inherently we're all queer. Uh, but uh, but I think it is you identifying yourself as that and not giving a shit to the haters who are like, well, no, you're in a straight relationship. Right. It's like, well, that doesn't define who I. my relationship isn't who I am. Right. Right. Those are separate. They're separate. A hundred percent. Yeah, and it's, it hasn't even been something that I've thought about because I've just been like, oh, yeah, I've been with both men and women. But I'd never, like, labeled it because I was like, no, no, it doesn't matter. Like, yep. it's both. And then only recently have I been like, well, what if I want to be a, more a part of the, this community? Like, what if I want to, like, connect with more people? And I don't know if that's because of COVID and being isolated or where that stems from, but... Man, yeah, I just relate to that, like, am I American or am I not? Am I queer or am I straight? Am I this or am I that? And it's like, I don't know, man. You got to reflect on that and figure it out for you and, like, fuck everybody else who asks you to describe yourself in three words. Yes, exactly. And I think the big question, too, is, like, am I blank enough? Mm. Am I American enough? Enough, Am I queer enough? Am I biracial enough? Am I Latinx enough? Am I, you know what I mean, bilingual enough? And it's like, there's so, just the enough conjures the idea of other people approving your self-worth, your self-identity. Yes. Because when you say, am I American enough? By you, you're, what you're really asking is, 
do you see me as American? Right. Do you see me as queer? Right. Yes. Do you see me as yes. like uh, someone who identifies as male or female or non-binary? Like that welcomes criticism and therefore you're not on the journey to finding self-confidence. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's even harder when I shouldn't say even harder. I shouldn't qualify it. But like when you're in an industry that we are in where it's like a performing arts, right? Because that is on the camera, baby, or on the stage or whatever. And so then that are you blank enough is really just saying like, are you this enough so that the audience will be able to like identify you as that? And it's like, yep. And you know, in this business too, it's also like, because it's an industry and therefore inherently capitalistic, Right. what they really want is like, can we sell you as this? Correct. Can we make money off of this identity that you have? Right. That's what they're asking. And then I'm like, I wonder if, like, it's possible to separate out, and maybe it's not, but, like, how you, the identity that you want to give yourself or that you feel you are and that the industry thinks you are, right? So, like, anything that comes from the word, the mouth of an industry person is one thing, and you allow that versus, like, and then having your own separate thing for you. Yep. And knowing that, like, it's okay that those two things are different. Or, yes. or do you need to be like, no, fuck you, industry. I'm this. Take it. Here you go. Yeah. I guess both I think, are okay. You know, yes. it's whatever you decide that you want to do. Yep. I think both are okay. I think the danger in this business, though, I mean, I ugh, it's, this podcast is amazing because, like, you're asking all these people in the industry about self-confidence and self-worth because that's what this whole industry thrives on that idea of like preying on your confidence a lot of people starting out are so paranoid about being like i need to be sellable like my manager's telling me to like dye my hair cut it like lose weight blah 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 do all these things to get jobs and it's like well they're asking you to not be yourself right 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 and do you are you really willing to sacrifice i mean honestly by all means do that if you're not defined by your hair or your weight or your height or your race like by all means change into that way without sacrificing your your self-worth or your self-identity but if those things are very important to you like never sacrifice who you are mm. because then you're never you mm-hmm. then you have to think of yourself as a product and that's a totally different yeah that's a totally different thing right yeah then that's a, that's a like for example lady gaga is a product you know? Yeah. That's a person that makes money being someone completely different. That's possible. And like a drag queen, for example. But I'm I'm but I'm fine with that. Oh yeah. Total oh my gosh, totally. People have aliases and thrive on I mean, even writers have aliases right. where they're like, Me as, you know, Stephen King, like I have this identity, but I'm gonna ghostwrite as somebody else to write this thing that doesn't really fit to my identity. Right. And that's fine. Your brand now, right? It's like a brand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it, but like when I see other people do it, I don't like have a problem with it. I don't either. Because I think it's a, self, it's a sense of protection too. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then if, if who you are is your brand, that's tricky. 
That's very that, tricky. See, that's the thing is like, I don't know that I want that either. So it's like, yeah. I almost feel like if you're going to be in this industry, then like have a brand and then have your identity be separate from that. Yep, exactly. And that's where a lot of people get hurt. You know what I mean? It's like, there's the brand of, there's like the brand of Miley Cyrus versus the person Miley Cyrus. Right. And those are two different people. Right. And that's where a lot of like the issues, the break, I mean, I mean, you'd want to talk about like Amanda Bynes, someone who like couldn't really separate themselves from their brand. And like, that's so, and the behavior, like it's toxic. People were relentless and because they attacked the person and not the brand, you know? Right. Or that person couldn't separate themselves from the band, the brand. And then like, you know, all these issues arose. So it is so important to be like, this brand is not necessarily who I am. So I need to like find out a way to protect myself from my brand right by doing that like you can separate that yeah that's that's huge so on in a more like uh tangible direction really quick Mm -hmm. what do you do or do you do anything rather on a daily or weekly or monthly basis that helps you develop this strong sense of self or this strong sense of self-confidence do you have any like habits or mantras or meditation or what do you do anything? I mean, you said it right there. I meditate. I meditate every day. That's been so helpful for me. Um, just being like quiet with myself by myself is truly life changing. Mm. When did you start meditating? Um, uh, like a little before the pandemic hit. So not that long ago. Um, but thank goodness, because I don't know how I would have survived (laughs) the first couple of months. Um, it is such a great way to just be comfortable in yourself Mm -hmm. and that process, it took a while. I mean, it's still, I'm still dealing with that process, but like, I'm just like quieting the outside world of the noise. I think the more comfortable you are just being by yourself and just existing, not even like saying, not even saying anything. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say mantras, but just like be comfortable being by yourself. That is so hard for a lot of people who tie their self-worth or their self-identity to other people. That's really difficult. But if you can do that, you're on your way. Yeah, that's a great like first step too for anybody who's like trying like starting this journey into self-confidence or whatever internal journey you're working on is like meditation's huge being alone with yourself being comfortable being alone with yourself is big okay yeah i'm gonna recap and read the notes that i've been taking um Although there's so much more because I was so, like, in it that I, like, didn't want to take a note. But, okay. So I feel like the theme of this was, like, confidence versus self-confidence. So, like, that's yes. that feels like the over- overarching theme. Okay. Develop an infallible sense of self, an unshakable you. Take note of your habit slash check what's a habit and what is what you actually feel. Mm. Do the work. Uh, remember we're in this together. Embrace your creativity. Be vulnerable. Remember non-attachment. Remember your skill set. Acknowledge the good in you. Be mm-hmm. introspective. Remember that perception is huge. Value process over result. 
Don't rely on the external. Use tools to discover who you are, which I feel like social media is a tool and all of that. The outcome is irrelevant when you know – I put what you are, but I feel like it could be who you are too. The outcome is irrelevant yeah. when you know who you are. Ooh, that one is so big. Okay. Ask questions. Don't sacrifice who you are. Meditate and be comfortable being by yourself. Yes. Is there anything you want to change? All of those change are or completely add? Not at all. They're, like you wrote that, you wrote them much better than they came out of my mouth. <laughs> those are yours. I wrote down what you said. That was great. I loved everything. Yeah, that was, love that. Yeah, but I think that difference between self confidence and confidence it's is huge. huge. It's huge. It's everything. And I, this is the first interview I had where we talked about that. So, I'm really glad. Every time I do one of these, we hit one thing, at least one thing that I'm like, I've never thought of that before. Or like some yeah. version of that that like makes my my day, my month really. Um, it's so interesting too because like I, everyone's process is so different. So different. So different. And that's been so cool too. It's like there's no one way. No one way to do that, do things, to grow, to whatever. There's no one way. Yeah. To become. To become. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Well, thanks for chatting with me. I truly I appreciate you so your time. much. I love you. I really miss seeing you. Likewise. Likewise. Like, oh, I love you. I, I, I know that you know how much I care for you. Yeah. But I need you to understand that you are a very special human being. Stop. From the Let's moment try. we first met, I was like, you're just, you're just fucking cool. Very like, and not just cool, but like emotionally intelligent in a way that like is different from a lot of people that I've met. That means so much. To you're me. very special, Rebecca. That means so much to me. I'm so grateful to have you in my life. And I feel the same way, which is like, I feel like I've known you in a past life. I'm. A, I know that sounds like I, super like woo woo. Nope, I fully agree with that. But like, there's some people in my life where I'm like, oh yeah, I've already known this person before, and that, whatever. If you don't, if you think that, what I don't care what you think fully of it. Fully agree with that. But like, I feel like that about you, and so I miss you just tons and tons and tons. <sighs> One day. What. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I'd love to hear from listeners about things that have helped you build your confidence, whether that's a mantra, a routine, maybe a favorite book or an event that you went through. Leave it in the review section. Or if you have a question regarding confidence that you'd love to hear discussed on this podcast, you can leave that in the review section as well and I'll check it out. Thanks again.